Welcome to End Podcast for All. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. And this is episode nine with our uh, eighth guest, Jeff. Yeah, we're really racking them up now, man. We're uh, we're burning through the email list. All these people I want to come on the show, uh, we're, we're checking them off and getting them on, and I'm having fun, man. Yeah, it's definitely been fun so far. I didn't, didn't think it would make it as far as it has already, and I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought after the first one, people would just turn the damn thing off and hit delete that. Delete that, yep. No, it's been it's been cool. We've been receiving a lot of positive uh, messages about it and, you know, very little hate mail, so that's nice. Uh, I haven't shared the latest with you. There's been a few, but it's nothing as... What should I say? That one guy that said he was going to get 100 questions right in a row. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've only dealt with them. The other ones just just been small, uh, piddly, tiddly wink shit. Yeah, well, that's to be expected. Haters gonna hate. What have you been up to this week? Uh you know, I've been uh, I've been house shopping. Actually, it's it's been a crazy, crazy process. I didn't think that Whew. there was as much work as there is going into buying a house and. Of course, I quickly realized that it was a lot more than I was, I think, ready for. But that's all right, because we're, we're doing all right. We're about to go look at some more houses this week, so that's cool. You and the family going to be on House Hunters? Yeah, House Hunters, the show where you can work at a gas station and afford an $800,000 <laughs> house. I was just going to say that. It's like, oh, she's a school teacher and he's a janitor. What's your budget? 2.4 million. Yeah, on the beach, Venice Beach. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the golf course at Pebble Beach. Yeah. So, uh, how many homes have you looked at? Oh, man. Uh, I would say at least 25, maybe 30 of them. What? Yeah, we've put in offers on uh, I think two of them now. Of course, they it just didn't happen. So I'll um, beat you to it. Yeah, actually, the very first house we went and looked at, we put an offer in on it. And we were really hoping that we were going to get that one. But it was our first offer. So we, I mean, we were expecting that it wasn't going to go through. But hopefully the one that we're looking at this week, we're we're really hoping it's by the kid's school. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, it'd be nice. They could actually walk to school, which would really, really make my morning very easy. They want to ride in the BMW. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, well, and that's assuming that they go back to school, you know, who knows the rate we're going. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So when you finally get a home, hopefully above the garage door, it says welcome home sanitarium. Yeah, I'll put that right above, right when you walk in. That's going to be your housewarming gift. Don't uh, don't worry about it. You can count on that. <laughs> oh, you really shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, you really shouldn't have, Edward. You really shouldn't have. <laughs> What's this? This is for you, Clark. Oh, what is it? Gift. You really shouldn't. Oh, those are great, Dad. Quiet down, Russ. Uh, You've had a busy week. I've had a pretty chill week. I don't know why, but since last week's episode with our friend Ricardo from Costa Rica. Yep. I have been binge listening to the house that Jack built. Oh, really? I... I don't know why. It's been a while since I've listened to that. It's a great song. It's a great song. Very underrated. It sounds similar to Devil's Dance. Yeah, it's got that groove. Yeah, I just it's, it's 
been on repeat in the house all week, and it's that's what I've been doing, bro. So just uh, what riding your jet skis and listening to the house that Jack built. Pretty much, I actually rode today forty seven point two miles. Ooh, not bad. So down there, let's see, that's that's got to be a little bit different than uh, riding on the lakes up in Minnesota, huh? A little bit. We went around uh, Sanibel Island today, so plenty of salt water uh, in the system. Yeah. Not much news in the Metallica world this week. The only thing I saw was Lars was in the woods somewhere with his wife, and that's about it. Yep, I saw that too. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he posted where his location was. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, hashtag no fucker around. <laughs> that's the best when he's skiing and uh, when he's in Tahoe. Yeah. It's like four or five no fucker around <laughs> daily from him. It's, uh, it's Sunday, and it's the no fucker around update. As you can see, there's no fucker that way, and there's no fucker that way. No fucker around. I have some inside scoop news as to, well, it's Sunday night right now, Metallica Monday tomorrow night. Oh, really? A little birdie told me that it's in Mountain View, California from 1994, Shit Hits the Sheds Tour. Oh, that's going to be tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night. And I don't work, so I will be able to watch it for once. Oh, Jeff, guess what the opening song is? Oh, and I, you know, I don't (laughs) want it to be Bread Fan, but I know it's Bread Fan. (laughs) We're going, what? Week 16 of Metallica Mondays, and I think we've had five or six shows where Bread Fan is the opener. They hate me. They truly hate me. I think they're on to you. Yeah, well, they're listening, and they're like, fuck that guy. He likes St. Anger, and he doesn't like opening with Bread Fan. He's out. Exactly. I'm busy tomorrow night, hence why we're recording tonight. So you watch the show and let me know how it goes, and I'm sure you're going to just be tickled pink when they open with that. Yeah, I'll actually maybe sit down with my guitar and maybe practice for the first time ever since we have a show this friday six days away bud q and z expo center ringle wisconsin i didn't realize all the bands that are on the bill are pretty cool hence why we're playing at three thirty in the afternoon i uh i saw that they posted a poster of it and yeah i didn't realize that we were playing with as many bigger bands like that and we've played with a few of them uh sponge Yep. Uh, Boba Flex, I think. Adelita's way we played with uh, uh, Godsmack. Static X, that'd be a cool one to see for sure. Was Adelita's way at the show we played at in El Paso? Yeah, I think it was us, them, and then Godsmack, if I recall correctly. A couple years ago. That was a hot one down there. That was a hot fucking show. A lot of people, but man, that was a hot-ass show. So we're playing at 3.30 on Friday, and that night is Sponge, Flaw, and Saving Abel. Well, it'll be fun to check them out and get back up there and knock the rust off, see if we can still do it after, what, eight, nine months? Looking forward to it, man. If uh, you listeners out there are new to the show, Jeff and I play in a national touring Metallica tribute band. One, the only tribute to Metallica. We're going to rock Wausau slash Wrinkle, Wisconsin. It's going to say Friday night, but uh, Friday afternoon, our luck, it's probably going to be 112 degrees at 3.30. Yeah, and guess what? We're not opening with bread fans, so it'll be a great show. 
All right. Sometime you'll come around on how cool that is. Hey, you know, it can be in the set anywhere. It's just not the opening. That's all I'm saying. Well, you wrote the set list for this show, so there you go. (laughs) So we'll see what kind of hiccups come about. Well, there's our rundown for the week. Let's uh, let's just get to the shit. This week's guest uh, contacted us. That's how the show works. And podcast for all at gmail.com. You, the fan, come on the show, drive the discussion, decide the topics, and talk all things by the mighty Metallica. Tonight, our guest is from Lake Stevens, Washington, which I believe is about an hour or so outside of Seattle. Jeff, outside the city where you and I think the greatest Metallica footage of all time was filmed. I mean, it might be the greatest live footage ever filmed. It's just one of the greatest live concerts ever. I was thinking about that at dinner tonight when I knew we'd have our guest on. Seattle 89, Binge and Purge. Nothing in my Metallica encyclopedia tops that footage. No, I mean, there's so many shows out there that they played that are legendary, but that one for me will always be number one. Without further ado, Lake Stevens, Washington, Seattle, Mr. Jay Middleton. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? We are doing great, man. Thanks for uh, reaching out, and here we are in Podcast for All. I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me on here. It's... uh really cool to talk to other metallica fans and metallica nerds in general and i have to i do have to agree uh seattle 89 show is probably number one uh of footage um all right i would think he's a keeper jeff yeah we're off to a good start if they took through the never and just had just concert footage like a concert footage version of it that would probably be like really close to there but still number two it would still be number two but have you guys watched the uh so you're saying you didn't like dane dehan going hey hey and that was his only line that was a tough line to remember hey, <laughs> that movie that movie got him into a bunch of other roles you know what i mean like that's true the door like what was he was in a huge sci-fi movie like after that too yeah but you know what shane was in that movie too and Hollywood's not calling him right now. They should, though. I think they lost my number. One of my good friends that works in uh, a KSW here in Seattle, one of the big, it's the biggest rock station here in Seattle. He actually went up to that show and had no idea that they were filming for this movie. He just knew that they were playing like three nights or two nights or whatever it was. In Vancouver? Yeah, in Vancouver. So he drove up there with some friends. Um, I actually saw my first Metallica show with him in 09 on the what was it the world magnetic tour world magnetic yep it was the first show that lamb of god played on that tour yes it was the the sword lamb of god and then metallica and then so this is my first show and it was a birthday gift from my parents to get me tickets nice gift yeah and so i was i just turned what was that oh eight or was that oh nine? It was oh eight. I think it was oh eight. Oh eight oh nine. Yeah, Album I, came it, out in oh uh, eight. So it was two. It was December of two thousand eight, and I was an intern 
working at a radio station down the hall from KSW. That's what I was trying to do was interning at this other station so I could work my way into that station. And I hung out at that station all day to try to figure a way to like smooth myself into like going backstage somehow. Where's my KISW sticky laminate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's my laminate, you know? And I just hung out all day. And also what What I just said made no sense. A sticky laminate. A sticky laminate, right? But there's also the thought in my head was like, what if they come up to the station? You know, just because they have a long history (laughs) with them, you know? And so I hung out there and uh, like everybody I knew that worked at the station come up to me like, hey, man, you going to the show tonight? Thinking like, oh, they're going to invite me to come with them. Yeah, I'm going. Okay, see you there. And then that was it, you know, just like the entire time. So I get there. I had a blast at the show. Like during Metallica, I turn around and I see Willie Adler and John Campbell from Lamb of God right behind me. Oh, cool. Metallica. So it's because it was the first night of the show, that might be like one of the first times that they've ever gotten a chance to actually watch Metallica. Yeah, you sit know, back and close. actually watch them. And I did the douchebag thing where I turned around and I walked up to Willie Adler and was like, hey, man, good set. Good set, bro. Good set. And then he just kind of looked at me like, you should have walked up. You should have walked up to John Campbell because he's the bass player, and usually people don't recognize bass players. So yeah. they would have been like, "Oh shit, this dude's legit. He knows who you are." Well, I've seen them so many times. You know, oh, they're just, just so great. Life. They're so good. Will look remember- at you like, "Cool story, bro." Back to the show. Yeah. Hey, yo, by the way, Metallica's playing. Don't know if you know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> the, the headliner's on right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun show. That was. That's probably probably my favorite just because next to S and M two is probably my second favorite. But so two thousand was it two thousand eight so, you said? Two thousand eight, I think it was December I, so if was I that remember before right, or after the Supersonics left Seattle. It was after. Because the Supersonics left I think I was still in high school. If I remember right, the arena was the key arena. I got a phone. I need to Google it. It's it actually just got the name taken down this last week because we have an NHL team now. Oh, that's right. That's going to be coming in in 2021. And so Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, just bought the naming rights to the arena. So they f- they finally took down the key arena logoing off of the arena just this last week. And wow. the, funny, the funny thing was, like, KeyBank has stopped paying for the rights for, like, the last, like, 12 years. So their logos have just stayed on there for free, basically. Um, crazy, man. I've seen a couple shows at the Key. Supersonics left. Uh, Seattle, I think it was. I think it was 2000. Yeah, it was, uh, it was. or 08? It was 07. So it was right before the 2008-2009 season. So they might have finished it at the beginning, two thousand eight. I remember they had Kevin Durant the last year they were there. So Metallica, Seattle, Key Arena, December. I think it was December ninth or something. Uh, I'm going to say two thousand eight, just so I don't screw this up. I'm sorry, guys. December first, two thousand eight. That's what it was. So two thousand eight. Uh, I got the set list here, but. Uh, the night before, I saw ACDC at the Tacoma Dome. So my ears. I was going to say, that was a quiet show. 
Yeah, my ears were <laughs> fucked. Like after So you started off with that was just your life, end of the line, creeping death, harvester, one, broken, beaten, scarred, cyanide, sad but true, welcome home, Rome, day it never comes, master of puppets, blackened, nothing else matters, inner Sandman, and then what was a huge The surprise. three encores. Yeah, yeah. Th- well, no, only one encore, surprisingly. Uh, oh, yeah, three encore songs. So yep. die, 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 my darling, motor breath and seek and destroy. So nice, pretty solid set list for my first show. You know what I mean? Even that was though, your like, first show, man. That was my first show. But I mean, even That's if it was solid. heavy on the death magnetic, you know, cycle, um, I think that was actually the only show I've seen where they were really heavy on the material of one record. The even current when record. I, yeah. When I saw them on the, uh, World Wired Tour at CenturyLink Field, they didn't really saturate the set with a ton of of hardwired stuff. I always you know felt I mean? that way about the World Magnetic Tour, as I always felt like they played so much off that album. And you look at every other tour. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Load and Reload, they, they had their fair share, but it's like, I mean, obviously, St. Anger, they were not going to play, you know, a bunch of no. songs <laughs> off that album. But even like, yeah, the World Wired, like, there was a few songs in there, but for the most part, you know, it wasn't overly saturated like World yeah. Magnetic was. But yeah, I mean, like that was my first show. And honestly, that's it's a solid it, show, man. Darlene, that, Motor. Yeah, yeah, that's a great set. Sanitarium, Blackened. And honestly, like I'm surprised myself that that was the first time I got to see them. But also, like I kind of grew up in a weird way where... I didn't really have a lot of metalhead friends or Metallica fan friends growing up. And my mm-hmm. parents weren't really key on me going to like a heavy metal show at such a young age, because like the only other opportunities I had was there was a, there was a key arena show. I think it was madly in anger, the world tour that they did an arena, the cycle on, they did summer sanitarium at century link field, which is actually the first show at century link field um there really in Seattle. yeah was that and, the 2000 or the 2003 uh i think it was the 2003 and that one had um deftones mud vein i think lincoln, lincoln park, park and Olympus. Yeah. that's all three see i would have loved to see in that show because that was right after that was right when saint anger came out so when i started playing music was around the new metal like surge of like corn and limp biscuit and system of a down and such like that. I was 13 when I picked up a bass and that was the first instrument I played. And so I was really into system of a down and my buddy and I, he was really into them too. And we would just constantly learn system songs. Shavo was a fun bass player. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so then I, maybe you guys remember this, but back when cable tv first came out there was a channel that was basically trying to be a competitor to mtv because mtv was starting to get into reality shows around that time like more heavily into them 
and so there was a channel called the box and you would yeah they had shows like fucking road rules well you would (laughs) yeah yeah road rules so you would call in like if you saw a music video and you'd hit the number to like vote for it to come back later on or whatever it was and um they played it that's where i got like immersed into like slipknot and like a lot of heavier music and that's where and i saw like metallica's inner sandman music video rome and more of the black album and then load and reload era records you know for those videos i didn't really know too much about the earlier stuff you know until probably like a few years later and i really didn't get a good dose of it until i went to washington dc for a school field trip and i found um i found a copy of ride the lightning and a sam goody and it was like i basically saw the metallica section and before i went on this trip i watched snm or snm1 uh on dvd from netflix i rented it from netflix when they mailed you out dvds and i hoarded that dvd for like months the dvd actually came in your mailbox on the curb not your inbox (laughs) exactly and so i would watch this thing from front to back and i literally thought all the songs were like current era i didn't know anything about the old records or anything like that but i was also you're like oh battery call a cthulhu these are brand new yeah exactly and so all of a sudden like oh no thrash like that in 98 yeah (laughs) in berkeley exactly (laughs) so i look through this bin or whatever and the oldest thing i see is ride the lightning so i didn't even know about kill them all you know and I see a couple of songs from SNM that I recognize, like Bells, Cthulhu. So I buy it, and I literally could not take my headphones off the rest of that trip. Like I, mm-hmm. I had a, one of those Sony Walkman CD players, and I had that thing on. Did you have skip protection? Yes, and I had this thing that was. Do you remember that, that, Jeff? Oh yeah, I had one too. I made sure when my mom brought me to the store <laughs> to get one. I remember it was like 50 bucks too. And she's like, no way. Oh, I'm yeah. like, no, but you don't understand. I'm like, when I'm on the bus and we go over a bump, <laughs> my music skips and I can't have that. I got to be able to hear the song straight through. I remember I had a, I still don't know how to pronounce it. Was it an Iowa or an AWA? A-I-W-A. Oh yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an Iowa, obviously Discman. And I swear, when you turned skip protection on, you had like 30 minutes of fresh batteries before it was done. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd go through double A's, two double A's every yep. every couple hours. Yep. On the bus, eighth and ninth grade. That I was would... right around load. That was when load came out, listened to it religiously for a year. That entire school year on the bus. And I thought, okay, skip protection off. You have a good two hours of battery. But as soon as you turn it on. You could only get through about track four or five until it sleeps your king. Nothing before it was dead. I remember <laughs> in my backpack, I always kept an extra pack of batteries just in case. And I mean, let's see for me. So it would have been a few years later with my Walkman, but I had the, I, I think I was listening to St. Anger over in Oregon. And yeah, I always had to have extra batteries so I could listen to it on the bus. Best part. I <laughs> It just came back to me in ninth grade. I was, pretty much checked out of middle school by then and just not giving a shit since you guys can see me we're coming you know 
via squadcast.fm video conference here. I would wear on purposely wear long sleeve shirts and run the headphone through my like sweatshirt <laughs> and then have that come out. <laughs> As yep. you can see, I'm holding my hand up to my ear. I would sit in class all day long with the right speaker up against my ear. Like I was just kind of resting my ear, listening mm-hmm. to in the entirety of class, not hearing a word of what was going on. I did the same thing, but obviously with my long hair, cause I started it in middle school. So by the time I got into oh, high dude, school, you were covered. I made sure I had dark headphones that matched my hair color. So you could, <laughs> you could never tell. And then I'd put my hood up in class and they uh, no idea. That's brilliant, man. <laughs> All right, Jay. We got off on that tangent. No, we're talking good, about dude. we're it's talking about good. Netflix and the mail, and then you and, went to and Walkmans, Walkmans Dismans, and then you went to DC, and you couldn't get Ride the Lightning out of your head, dude. So then, so I'll tell you, the coolest thing was like a moment of like it was kind of surreal. It was like listening, like I was walking through Arlington Cemetery. I don't know if you've ever been to it or seen oh, yeah. it. Yes, it's very it's powerful. Int- it's intense. Very so, yes. You don't know intense until you walk through there, like it, through a cold morning, like in the fog, and you're listening to the Call of Cthulhu, like while you're That's walking legit. around. Yeah, that goes hand in hand. It just sounds like it meshes. <laughs> That's legit. Of any song in a foggy cemetery, that's damn. That's the one. It's pretty wild, and so. Like when I got back, I started trying to learn everything I could like off of that. And so I had a guitar at that point. I had like an Epiphone Les Paul pack thing that you would get for like beginners or whatever it is. And I'd start learning different songs on that. And so just kept going and going and going. I didn't really actually start any bands until I was actually in high school at 16 I was just learning, like just learn Metallica songs, learn all these other bands and such like that. And so going on from there, I dove into St. Anger, but like not even that was before I even got into Ride the Lightning or Injustice for All or anything like that. So because I was still in that realm of like thinking like Load and Reload and Black Album were just like so intense and so heavy and such like that. So when I hear St. Anger... I didn't really have a taste of anything else. So I didn't know, you know, ride the lightning or injustice for all our master of puppets or anything like that. And so then when you dove into that, I'm like, Oh, I can't listen to anything else. <laughs> you know? Um, so what you're saying is you went basically from ride the lightning to St. Anger. No, 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 no. I was on St. Anger before ride the lightning. So I was like in so that was like your reload. Okay. And then St. Anger was like the first record that I was really involved, like seeing come out um, and actually getting from the store. And the thing was, is like, I didn't really, I wasn't really knowledgeable in music at, because I'm still learning how like to even like write or play or anything like that. So I'm I'm like listening to this as like, this is artistic genius. You know what I mean? I'm not looking at it as like, oh, this, these guys are going through some shit. You know what I mean? Like you don't really put that together when you're young. You're just thinking like, this is angst. This is like what I'm feeling right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, that album is artistic genius. It is to like. In Jeff's world. it's It's a lot of different things. It's a lot of different things going on. I think the band had to go through it. Of course, I think the band had to go through it. 
um, in order to get where we're at today, you know, and absolutely, it's, it's just a really bad portion of the band's life. You know, every band goes through it. Every band has what I would call a St. Anger moment in their life. Um, but honestly, like there's a lot of things that could have been done differently, but I could play armchair quarterback all day with that record if I wanted to, but nothing's going to change it. It's, it is what it is. It's said and done. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do. Right. Right. And there's nothing honestly to change because what's done is done. I I think that's what a lot of people, I wouldn't want to change anything about it. Honestly, anything, the only thing I would see different. Okay. So you turn the snare on, what's going to change besides that? You know what I mean? It's like, it would take away from the integrity of the album because I think, (laughs) I think part of that album. It's true. But I mean, it really is, though. If you think about it, part of what makes that album so unique is the hatred it gets because of that. And I feel like that honestly plays a part in what makes that album that album. It's funny we're talking about this, not to get off the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, some of that clickbait shit you see, like Metal Injection or Metal Zone or whatever those sites are. Yeah. Just just had an article on Hetfield talking about how come you didn't remaster Injustice for All with bass. And Hetfield from the first sentence just said Who cares? It's it's done. <laughs> What's done is done. And he actually said, Who gives a shit? At the time it was art. It came out to be great. And why fuck with history? It is what it is. Get over it. Right, exactly. Like it it wouldn't be what it is now in history if you went and changed it. No, oh, like sure. the the like Jay said Monday morning quarterback, and it's like you could do that all day long, but whatever, right? Yeah, just accept it. It is I what agree. it is. I agree. I mean, 100%. here's here's the thing: I can nitpick that album. I can nitpick Death Magnetic all day because oh, yeah, I, also, I, I think also, the mix is is terrible on that album. I actually think that's one of their worst mixed albums still to this day. I think. It's too. It has one of the same issues that Saint Anger had for me, which was a lot of repetition, um, a lot of repetitious riffs that could have been cut down or arranged differently. There's definitely a few songs that I feel that way, like Judas Kiss. I feel like it's a yeah. great song, but I feel like there's so many riffs where it was like they literally were sitting in a room and it felt like they're like, oh, that's a cool riff. That's a cool riff. They don't necessarily go together, but let's just throw them together anyways because there's something, you know. Yeah. And that's honestly like looking back on it, like I probably could only listen to like four songs off that record and be completely content that I did that. You know what I mean? Like name those four, Jay. Judas Kiss, That Was Just Your Life, Day It Never Comes, and uh, Broken, Beat, and Scarred. Interesting. Seems like you and I are a lot alike when it comes to that because I don't dislike that album by any means but i'm definitely the same way there's like you know three or four songs that if i'm going to listen to it that i'll pick Mm -hmm. and then i'm i'm fine with not i don't need to listen to the whole album i think it was a good way for them to get back into the mode of like what makes metallica's songwriting process work because absolutely yeah we saw in saint anger it was just like it was just basically a melting pot of everybody putting in their their two cents Except even even though everybody got their two cents, I think Kirk, with the fact that he didn't get to play any solos, kind of got well. It dated out of that it hole, to that period, man. You know? 
that's the big th- yeah exactly it dated it you know if you put a guitar if you don't play a guitar solo in one of these songs that dates it to this period <laughs> jeff just likes the judas kiss because when kirk plays it live he's using that guitar it looks like a bunch of bicycle parts put together <laughs> love that guitar it looks like a hair dryer and a bicycle frame mixed <laughs> together it's really it a good looks- description we always just call it the bicycle guitar i think like not to bring up a different podcast but like the this first description I heard of it was from another podcast, and they said it was a t-shirt gun, like you see a t-shirt <laughs> cannon, like at, at a sporting event. That was, sound, yeah. So I t- was I that type, our friends that metal up your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I type in, I love it, man. I love I, it. I'm at a stoplight when I hear this, and I type in on Google on my phone, Kirk Hammett t-shirt cannon gun, and that's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> the gun from Judas Kiss. Jeff, you know we're looking that up when we're in the van on oh, Friday. Oh, that's so happening. That's funny. T-shirt cannon. That that might take the cake. That's better than bicycle parts. I think that is. We're going to, from now on, and I think uh, the original company, I, it's like. It's a German company. Trufadel, or I don't that's know. how expensive guitar. I don't it know is. how to pronounce it, but it's it's something like that. And yeah, those guitars are like eight to $10,000. Pretty smooth axe. Chump change for him. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. Especially he, he got he he got greeny for less than what people were thinking, but you know that's expensive. We started off talking about the Seattle '89 <laughs> footage, and now we're talking about T-shirt gun guitars. Okay, <laughs> hey, but that's what it's all about, man. That's what we love about this show is that literally, you know, it's it's this is what it's about is just having a conversation, you know. Oh, absolutely. Jay Holling, you've been playing, uh, you're still playing guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in a band right now. I've been playing guitar for coming up a little over 20 years. And so nice. Um, I, uh, I play in a band called Roar's Eyes. I play lead guitar. It's a progressive metal band. It's a, not like the stereotypical progressive metal that you hear today where it's a lot of the show-offish, kind of like flexing your muscles, like... The, look at it's, sure. it's uh, look, the band name sounds very uh, has that very metalcore vibe. <laughs> it, it it's I come from a metalcore back. I've been playing in metalcore bands for like ten years, and I kind of got tired of it. And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to experiment a lot in the tones and um, experiment a lot in just structure. And bands that are really into are like instrumental bands, experimental bands, stuff okay. that. You know, and that's what this band originally started as. Is in the first two records that were released were all instrumental. The first one I did was all myself. I so back in 2006, no, 2015, I quit my last band I was in before this one, and I quit so I could start training in pro wrestling. And whoa, I, yeah, surprising, right? So I ended up injuring, getting injured, and having to have back surgery in 2016 Damn. did you jump off one of those cages like back in the 80s when it was 30 feet high in the no. <laughs> like Mick Foley no I did not Mick Foley myself um no I actually <laughs> I had a like a cyst in my back and oh, it was yeah Ooh. and so the doctors were basically like if we don't take care of it now this can get infected and it could damage your nervous system where you caught, possibly can't walk and I was like then Holy get it shit. out yeah. Get it out, you know? Flush and, it out. Yeah, you flush it out. And I uh, 
I started writing the first EP, Prism EP, um, basically at my desk, the desk I'm at right now, back mm -hmm. in my old apartment. And the band's I, called Aurora's Eyes. Yeah, we we have music on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much everywhere you can get music today, uh, cool. or you can go Check to Aurora'sEyes.com. So I wrote that record. I didn't release it till last year because I just didn't feel like I needed to. Yeah. And then I showed some coworkers, and they're like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, should I do something with it? And they're like, yeah. So basically I released it, and I started writing new material just out of nowhere. And um, I decided to basically put a band together, and now the band's together. And we basically have been... We, had, we actually played one show in February, and then... All of our shows for the last year got canceled, just like everybody else is here in Seattle. Yeah, that's that's everywhere, man. It's between this band and my other band, it's been impossible to try and do yeah. any type of shows. It's the fact that we even have one this Friday is a miracle. Unbelievable. How do you guys feel about playing with like the current state of things? Honestly, Give me one of those King Nothing masks that they're selling <laughs> on Metallica.com and watch a drummer try not to pass out for a two-hour set with yeah. a mask on. Oh, I think you can do it. Honestly, I'm not too concerned <laughs> about it. Um, you know, it's... I don't know. I, it gives I, me a new appreciation for Slipknot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not... I'll just leave it at that. I'm not too concerned about playing the show on Friday. I think... Okay. I think it'll be all right. Plus, it's outside as well, so yeah, you know, it's. You know, I'm just looking forward to jamming again because it's been a long time, man. I think if you open up with, I think if you open up with bread fan, you're a lot safer from COVID, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not more bread. I heard. I heard bread fan is actually being used in labs right now to help. It's a cure. To cure COVID nineteen. Hmm don't want people spitting all over you with that motor breath so your your band now uh you mm -hmm. said it's progressive uh progressive metal is that are you talking like a like a dream theater type of progressive or like a no. between the buried and me or like something kind of you know not even uh, that like, periphery or more like russian circles like oh, okay more atmospheric sounding stuff like there's there you go i mean there's influences of rush that you can hear in some of the riffs there's influences of uh, tool and some of the okay. stuff that you can hear um but there's a lot of the russian circles uh red sparrows kind of stuff so i have this like really big love for like math rock and art rock and such like that and so i kind of wanted to bring that into it like the first song the grief is like the first song i've ever written in a seven eight time signature oh nice so, yeah and and that was pretty much just kind of like free flow, like all the way from beginning to end. And I mean, I love all those bands that you just listed, like, you know, Dream Theater, Between the Buried and Me. Between the Buried and Me was actually the first band I got to interview when I was working in radio in college. Oh, really? And yeah. And so I worked at a college radio station and ended up running that same radio station for about a year in college. And I got, I ran a That's progressive a rock gig. show. Yeah. I did a progressive rock show on there and I interviewed a bunch of different bands from between the Barry Me to the human abstract to, 
um, just anybody that I could really get through the door. I remember going to a, a metal festival and just walking around with a tape recorder. That's all I could have at the time was like right. this little handheld tape cassette recorder thing. And I was interviewing guys from like the faceless and born of Osiris and oh, dude, um, all those bands, just a bunch of heavy bands too. And yep. I, I remember the interview I did with the faceless. I forgot what his name. I think his name was Derek. He was like, Hey, can you give me a ride to a tattoo shop right now? Said, <laughs> if you can give me an interview. And so I drove cool. up to the tattoo shop with doing the interview and it was pretty that's, cool. You that's know? how you get an interview right there. Exactly. So, I mean, like, it's not like, like I said before, it's not one of those progressive metal bands where like you flex and you, you're either doing like gent weird off time riffs the entire time, or you're doing arpeggio sweeps for half the fucking song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of thought that goes into our material, but there's also a lot of uh, groove. That's the one thing that's that cool. we wanted. That's what we wanted. The basic concept was like, we should really focus on the groove and the melodies and make it like, you know, it's listenable because there's a lot of progressive rock that's not listenable. Right. And, and it's definitely, it's fun to play. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not even that a, a it's not listenable, but it's, it's hard when you have all of this going on and sometimes you want it to go from some weird ass time signature into just this good kind of chunky, you know, just to break it up a little bit or something that's, you know, even catchy, you know, just something that catches your ear, you know, melody line instead of, I would say like Gajira and like Mastodon, those bands really do a good job of doing those grooves. Like a lot of the Gajira's newest stuff does that. It's a so, lot groovier I mean, than their old stuff, that's for sure. Exactly. A lot less uh, double bass and blast beats and a lot yeah. more you know, in the pocket and groove. So if like, Gorgira opened up for Metallica for the next 80 years, I would be fine with that. That's, dude, I would be so happy That's how that. great that band is, especially and, as an opener. And see, for me, I'm a little bit on the other side. I love Gojira and I love all those heavy bands, but I would love to have Mastodon be their opener because I am a huge Mastodon fan. I know you are, I would love <laughs> but to I saw Mastodon them on there. I know you are Jeff, but I saw them live in Denmark. God, that was already eight years ago. Oh my God. That seems like forever ago. <laughs> they opened for Metallica when Metallica was playing the black album in its entirety. Oh, yep. Mastodon music. Amazing. Watching them live. I was fucking bored. Just like the sword, huh? Yes. The sword is boring live. But, but I like, love that put, band as well. They, it's like so, you guys have legs and feet. Move around the fucking stage. Yeah, when you so, have you know fifty feet of stage to move around on, you should fifty. Be like, I, well, I think it's just because they well, got four hundred. Because like Mastodon, when Blood Mountain came out, like when I saw them when that album came out, it was intense. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I saw them play with uh, when Brendan Small had Death Clock doing oh, a live yeah. tour. Yep, uh, I remember that tour. That was insane too. But like. I haven't seen them since, honestly, but so I can't say. I mean, but I've watched live footage from like Rock and Rio with Mastodon, and it, it is a little boring sometimes in some places. But and that's un- and that's unfortunate yeah. because I, as much as I love and appreciate all of Mastodon's old stuff, I feel like it's amazing from Crack the Sky on. They only have gotten, in my opinion, better. I just I love every album they've put out uh, from that album. Um, again, I love all their old stuff, but it, yeah, it's always unfortunate where you're like, man, the music has gotten so good. And then of course that, you know, they're getting a little bit older. So they're probably like, I, you know, all these fans have seen us rock out a hundred times. Let's, let's just chill it out a little well, bit. I think, maybe. Like, 
a lot of their music that they've been writing is a lot more technical than it used to be too. Yeah. And so when you're playing technical music, it's a lot harder to run to around. Just, yeah, run around and throw your head around. And A perfect example is I get uh, it. Australian metalcore band Parkway Drive. When, oh, yep. You know, their first three records are super like heavy thrashy noty like all over the place yep when you watch horizons live, is still my favorite park oh, drive album it's great it's Love great. That album. so like you watch them live during that time they don't do a ton of running around or anything because they're too busy playing and then right there used and to be a lot now. of their newer stuff it's like whoa <laughs> yeah i remember I, i've seen them a couple times and it's you know, I think it was like right in that kind of middle transition where they were, it was coming out of uh, Deep Blue into, I don't, I, I don't remember what album was after that, but it was right around Atlas. that time. Atlas, yes, that's right. And yeah, you could definitely tell just from, because I, you know, I watched that, you know, Horizons DVD that they did and they had like the show, uh, the live show DVD from that and again like you said you know they're focused on what they're doing still having a good time but man when i saw them it was insane so last so i've only seen them twice because they barely ever come to seattle and uh so the only two times i've seen them the only two times that they've been here were horizons tour cycle and ire tour cycle they have not been here since it's that, weird. There's a lot in between those albums too. Yeah, and the, the weird thing is, is like Seattle's becoming a, a really hard spot for a lot of bands to come to. I don't know if it's because of logistics now with certain things, because apparently there's a couple of the rental touring vans and bus places that have gone out of business over the last five or six years. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the places where people would drop off or whatever or pick up, sure. they're just not there anymore. You know, um, it's for all those bands you guys talking about where they playing really technical songs like Purify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're definitely more on the Saint Anger side than the Love yeah. side. But I Purify say, or Dirty Window, right? Um, but I have to say, like going back to like my band stuff, there's only one song written by all four of us on that record. Everything else is written by me, and that's because I wrote all those songs to find guys and make a band out of it. And then we're actually, we have about like five or six song ideas already in the can already for another record to go into the studio and do. And so cool, man, I'm going to check it out. It's going to be really cool to see. We're probably going to enter it maybe next year, probably end like middle to end of next year. We're probably going to go in and record it out. Going to write a quarantine record, just like Metallica is doing hopefully right now. Oh, dude, like hearing that news is exciting, but like then he's going to play at the key arena, which will probably be called Amazon Arena by then. No, do you <laughs> want to actually there? got the name out. The name is this not is the Jeff Bezos Amazon. Arena. No, <laughs> it's called Climate Pledge Arena. But this is the one that Bezos owns. Yes. And the reason why Climate he named Pledge. that he named it that because it's the first zero emissions arena. What does that even mean? Bullshit. <laughs> I did. Don't ask me that. Unless, unless, how, unless how do you he, not name that the Amazon Arena or Amazon Center? Unless he had Elon Musk build that for him. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Man. It's 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 weird, but like I'm just like I don't care. It's a, it's just an arena. It's not going to make me zero emissions arena. 
you know, climate pledge arena. I mean, it's really weird. It's just, it sounds like the most Seattle thing possible. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Either that are, or the chop zone. Oh, dude, don't even get. <laughs> so, so hopefully Metallica will make it back to, to climate control. Dude, they're usually the climate first. pledge. They like, climate pledge. They like, being, they like being the first to play at places. You oh, know? yeah. So I wouldn't Antarctica. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they well, come that might be, that might be good for you. Would be good. The CPA. That's what I'm going to dub it as. It's my there you go. CPA. That's it. Dude, you're onto something. So I'm excited for hockey. That's what I'm excited for. So. And what's the name of the team? They don't have one yet. So they've delayed the name because of the pandemic. So the Seattle blank is the NHL's new expansion team. Yes. They've already cool. so apparently they've trademarked like 10 names, but every team when they start out does something like that. So then it keeps fans on their toes and none of the ideas that I liked or suggested are in there. So I'm not too thrilled about that, but it could be worse. purify center, <laughs> Pur- purify center. Give it up for the Seattle invisible kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it right there, Jay. You even had the voice, man. See, that would be the most sad in Seattle thing ever. They probably all come out to Nirvana music and they'll be wearing flannel. Flannel. That's probably a dude. They also changed yeah. Soundgarden, some Eddie Vedder shit. Hey, I, I like Allison James, though. It's all good. Allison I love Allison. I don't like Eddie. Probably the best uh, grunge band, honestly. It's, yeah. It, they're amazing. Yep. They're Allison amazing. Chains. Stone Temple Pilots was a close for me. I, I really was into them too. I saw Scott, Scott Weiland play at Rock on the Range in Ohio in 2015, like right before he died. And I thought he was going to die on stage. Like he looked that he, bad. We played the same venue. He played. What was it like? Yeah, it's funny you said that because then he died about 15 minutes away from where I used to live in Minneapolis. Oh, shit. He died on his bus, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was found dead on his bus in his bunk or something like that. Yeah. Jeff, you know the Marriott right by Mall of America and Ikea? Yeah, yeah. 494 in Cedar. Yep, I know exactly. Right in that corner is where they were parked. Damn. I remember because... They had a we, rough week that week. We played the same venue that they did, like, I think it was like a week after they were there, and it was like right before he had died. Corpus Christi. And they were saying that he was all fucked up when... When That's when he played there. at uh, Brewster's, Brewster's in Corpus. Yep. That's where it was. Damn. Jay, I got to go way back. Okay. Um, you had S&M 1. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. You had S&M 1 on DVD from Netflix, and you yep. never returned the disc? I sh- I had to because my my parents were getting pissed off, and they were getting, get, <laughs> they were getting charged for – They have like, late fees back then, like Blockbuster? It was like if you held it for like a certain amount of time or whatever. You couldn't get like, any more discs – they're gonna make you buy it. it, right? Well, and they also wouldn't send you any new ones, right? Wasn't That's there a true. limit? There was like I remember you had to upgrade your package deal thing to exactly. you know, two or three discs that they'd send out at a time. Yeah, that's pretty. So much you're like, what? I have to send this back? Now this is my own personal copy because I've watched it 491 times. That's when you put a blank CDR in there and send it back and keep the <laughs> DVD. <laughs> I remember I- that. 
I really liked, I mean, the thing I connected most with it was like, I was a brass player in band and orchestra from like from 11 to 16 years old, you know? So So I hit on all cylinders for you. Yeah. You're combining Metallica and you know, the brass section together. That's, that's cool. And then when I saw, I mean, when I saw the news, when they announced SNM two, I was like, it's a no brainer. I have to go. It's, this is no questions asked. And yeah, you uh, and I both. It seems no. like everybody has gone to that show except for me. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're going to go to S and M three in yeah twenty twenty years fifty nine. Oh yeah, that's when they'll finally you know do Saint Anger in its entirety and probably open up with Bread Fan at S and M three. Probably a cello. The most energetic part of the band will be the orchestra because of how old the rest of the guys will be by that time. <laughs> Wheelchairs for all. Wheelchairs for all. <laughs> and canes for all. So, Jay, you've been a fan since basically 1998. Yeah, probably about 98. And uh, there was a – so there was a DJ back on KSW years ago. She did a show called Mandatory Metallica. And it was mm-hmm. like every night at 7 p.m., listen a listener would call in and request three metallica songs and that was pretty much my first dosage of metallica was from that like everything across the board some deep cuts some greatest hits cuts and they basically just if there was any censoring they had to make sure that that track was you know already set up or whatever sure and um, that was the coolest thing on that station to me was that show besides they have this really cool metal show my buddy is actually the host of it my friend that I went to the Metallica show in 08 with, he is the DJ that hosts the show called metal shop on KSW. And they play three hours of just incredibly heavy music. They, there's no holds barred on it. They just go, you know? So it's pretty cool. And, um, but yeah, that's where I got my first real dosage was mandatory Metallica 7 PM every night monday through friday with jolene on ksw so that was cool was jolene hot oh yeah i think she was good looking i last i saw her the last time i saw her was when i was an intern so that's tells you how long she was there from like was she more good looking or better sounding yeah was her voice better sounding than so she had this really like this really deep kind of smoker's chick voice you know but it was cool it was really cool <laughs> did she need another pack of virginia slims jeff give me a smoke i need another cigarette it was a lot uh prettier than that but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a sweet lady i mean i i i knew her from when i was there and uh the the shirt she actually retired or left around the time I was there working at the same company. So it was weird. I was working at a country music station and all I was trying to do was get out of there and go to the rock station. So did you throw mama's set on while you were at the country station? <laughs> that way you could still get your Metallica in. Dude, I tried convincing the host of the morning show I was working for that. Like this, that mama said is like, could be a country hit. Like I was trying to convince them like, the Oh entire God. Country. Yeah. Yes, dude. I love it. It. he couldn't buy it you know and um yeah, I guess by this you, band called the metallicats yeah that's right <laughs> check this out james straight hetfield, out of low cash james hetfield and the metallicas that's what this is right here 
Right. <laughs> I, would, I would try to convince him and he just wasn't buying it, you know, but he wasn't buying James Hatfield. Hatfield. It's a James Hatfield from Metallica. Because I was the only person in the country music station wearing like Metallica shirts or sure. Iron Maiden shirts, Slayer shirts and stuff like that, like all the time. And uh, it was pretty cool to like just meet like guys like Eric Church or Dirks Bentley and some big names. Oh, yeah. Name. yeah. Well, these guys were not big at the time either. So like they oh, were okay. base. So what would happen is if you were an up and coming artist, you would do these things called radio tours and you sure. only you would spend pretty much the entire year visiting every single country music station in America and meet and play acoustically or do these free shows for listeners. Mm -hmm. And so I would meet people like um, Lady A, who they just recently changed their name. Um, the first day I was working there, I they basically were telling me, okay, you're going to be a bodyguard for our guest today. I'm like, okay, who's the guest? And they're like, Jessica Simpson. Oh, wow. Like, oh, okay. And so I was, I was her bodyguard for like, a few hours, you know, while she was there doing this free show or whatever for listeners. She's country. Mm -hmm. She was, she decided <laughs> country. Um, she played Daisy Duke and all of a sudden now she's putting out a country album. Yeah. Wasn't she, she with that Nick Lachey D bag? I think she was with him at that time. Yeah. And then, uh, like Jason Aldean, uh, Luke Bryan, a bunch of these, you know, LB pop, pop country guys that, you know, today, who were pretty much nothing. They were still up and coming back then, you know, and hearing their grind and hearing their situations, you know, it's pretty interesting to hear, you know, but it was cool to go on. Like, that's cool, man. You've, you've done a lot in a lot of different uh, genres and radio stations and gigs and yeah, a bunch of different fields in the music industry. That's cool. gives you a good appreciation of all the different, it gives you a taste of reality too. You know what I mean? Like of what sure. you yeah. have to go through, um, especially being a musician myself. So it's, but their theirs is like on a different level, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's such a cutthroat thing, you know, for rock and metal artists and stuff like that. We just have fighting on the internet, you know, on, you know, trying to promote and then just constant shows when you're in country music, you're fighting everybody else in Nashville in one city, pretty much right for a spot or for a chance to be in front of somebody who's going to take you out there and see if you can last, mm -hmm. you know, it's very interesting. But man, that. once you get that shot though, that's the difference between, between country and metal. I mean, Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you get, you get some people that can make it pretty big in metal, but for the most part, like any country star that gets a taste of it, they, it seems like they just blow up. You know, it's like all of them. It's like, once they get on the radio, it's like, bam, now they're selling out us bank. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy that they're selling out, you know, stadiums and just huge yeah. ass venues. Well, do you guys, this is a question I keep thinking to myself and I, th I have random talks about this with some of my friends, but like, do you think in the next generation or so, are we ever going to see another Metallica? I've we I've, I feel like we've discussed that before, and I I I don't I don't think it will be. 
it won't be like how Metallica is. And I know people probably didn't think there'd be, you know, another Beatles or another Led Zeppelin or this and that. But if you think about it, there isn't, there hasn't been anyone that has been another one of those. And I feel no, like Metallica yeah. for the metal genre will be what Led Zeppelin is to, you know, the classic rock genre, you know, I think that, but I read an article that said the next Metallica is Avenged Sevenfold. Right. And you know what? They also said that the next Metallica was Trivium too. I remember I had a guitar world and Kirk Hammett and Matt Heffy are, are in that uh, guitar world together. And Kirk says that Trivium is the next Metallica. I remember that. I, I mean, I love Trivium, but they obviously did not become the next Metallica. I mean, they, they definitely are doing well for themselves, but and Matt was even stating about that whole thing about like how they were pretty much like the number one target that every band was against, you know, on the yeah. Fest tour that they were on. Um, they would, didn't help the fact that he was what, like 20 years old at that time too. So like 18. they were, yeah, yeah, they were kids and here they got this shot to go out with all these big, big bands and big shots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now Jay's going to be a big shot because I believe <laughs> it is time. He's laughing. <laughs> I think it's time that we jump in the fire straight out of Lake Stevens, Washington. Here we go. You know what this is about, bro? What? That Chris Pratt's from here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had an edit break in there, but that's that's so stained. That has to. That was good. <laughs> Jay, welcome to Jump in the Fire. Ten questions for you. You got it. The Metallomania. And um, I don't have to describe this anymore. Let's just, let's just jump in the pit. Jump just right in. It. Jeff, you got your list? I'm ready, man. Take the first five, my friend. All right, Jay. First question on Jump in the Fire. What year was Rob announced as Metallica's new bassist? God, I was just listening about this whole year, too. 2003. There we go. That question should be rephrased. What year did Rob become very, very rich? (laughs) Yeah, when did he move out of that apartment that he was jumping on the bed of while while Invisible Kid was playing in the background? Yeah, we left the apartment for something a little bit nicer. When did Rob become Oprah rich? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. When he realized that he got all 10 uh, writing credits on Death Magnetic. He got yeah. all that money within that his That shocked me. Yeah, they Say did. that again, Jay. He got all that money within his hands. <laughs> yes, he did. He's still counting it. Yeah, but you know, Bob Rock's taking all the credit for, for the bass royalties on that album. Yeah, it was that purified bass line. Every time he, every time he sees the record sale, he's just saying, ching, 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 ching. <laughs> no kidding. All right, question number two. Okay. And this, uh, we will accept two answers. One of two answers, I should say. Sorry. Uh, What is the shortest spelled Metallica song? Like I said, we'll take one of two answers. There's two different answers. Two by four? I'll take it. I'll take it, man. For extra credit. Not that you need it because you're already doing well, but for extra credit, could you think of what the other one was? One. <laughs> nice job, dude. We'll give it it's to the you. The only thing I think is like it's three. It's got to be you know three letters or four. I thought or, for sure you'd say one, and 
you'd have a 2% chance of saying 2 by 4 and then he says it. I know, and then he says 2 by 4 first, and I'm like, well. He's the man. All right, well, and then this is going to be the opposite. So for question number three, what is the longest title? Can I ask a hint? Ooh, I don't know. Are we going to give him a hint? Um, We'll give him one mulligan, one breakfast shot. Is it from <laughs> Death Magnetic? It is not. No more lifelines. As soon as he said that, I had the count. <laughs> Disposable heroes? Final answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> we need uh, the who wants the to be a millionaire. Say, the question should say... <laughs> here, I go stuttering again. The question should say... What song title has the most words in it? I wish they had the option of phone a chapter member. Uh, <laughs> right? Seattle Terrium. Really? Uh, we need the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music playing in the background. That's when Lars says, Oh, I got to go with my gut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Wanna? Can't, why can't I think of it? Uh, oh man, ten seconds—a a long title. Now that we're dead, good guess. That's a good guess, but unfortunately, that's not it. And our ten seconds has ran out. Okay, go ahead. What the, was it? The answer we were looking for is the thing that should not be. Wow, that's that. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking like, no, six words. So I'm thinking like small like letter count for some reason i think oh, it was because okay. of the question before oh gotcha that, you know so that's where i got thrown off <laughs> well then i semi apologize for the wording of that jeff remember our guest last week from costa rica and st- instead of saying two by four he said two times four <laughs> <laughs> i loved it it was so funny it was one of the best answers i've ever heard we love you ricardo that's great <laughs> all right on to question number four what is the only song to include a person's name in the title? The house that Jack built. All oh, that is that is correct. That is correct. And uh, I mean, you forgot that there's another song. There <laughs> is another song. Disclaimer: I didn't write the the trivia this week. Uh, just say it. <laughs> that. <laughs> Jay, you're completely right. We were looking for Ronnie. Wow. You are right, though. House of Jack built. That, that is correct. Wow. <laughs> Nicely done. Who he, wrote this shit? He definitely <laughs> he definitely gets it. It's all good. It's all oh, good. Oh, God, yeah. Who wrote this shit? <laughs> so I got two out of three right now. Well, you got more than that. Let's see. You got one, two. Yeah, no, you're doing You're three for four. Yeah. Okay, three for four. All right, question number five. What song okay. starts with Morse code? As in, obvious, the beat. Yeah, the beat. Not uh, there's not a song that obviously starts with a. It'd <laughs> be a great intro. Short straw. God, that's a damn good guess. It is a good guess, but because that, it sounds like it doesn't. It, it definitely does, but it's either that or it's going to be one. Because that drum beat almost sounds like it could be a Morse code. That's another very good guess. Uh, unfortunately, that... I'm going to give him one hint. Oh. The song was played 
the first time you saw Metallica live at the Key Arena. Oh, God. Why can't I think of it? Three, two, one. Uh, I, I lost that one. I'm going to give you the... <laughs> I'm going to give you the beat. Here, Okay, he didn't get the question, but I'm going to give him the beat. <laughs> what is it? Dun, 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 dun. You gotta be kidding me. That's a Morse code thing? It's SOS Morse code. What? Yeah, that's SOS. Dun, 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 dun. That's a slow-ass SOS. That's <laughs> like if you had a fucking stroke and you're asking for help. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that thing in the 80s? I've fallen and I can't get up. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. <laughs> they still have those. My grandma's got one of those. Well, I, you know, I, found out, I found out my grandma's got one of those the other day. That called Life like, Alert? I was going to yeah, say Life, life Alert. alert she, he goes, <laughs> your, your grandma fell and she hit her Life Alert bracelet. Yeah, what happened? They just called me and said, do you want us to call 911? <laughs> Like, are you serious? No, just let her sit there. No, the life alert bracelet goes off because her life is not in danger. Danger I mean, at all, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, that's why they got rid of Morse code and went to life alert. <laughs> so in case they've fallen down, they can't, you know, they can't get up to their, you know, yeah, their exactly. If I remember right, it was either, it was the same commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up and that other guy can't breathe. I'm having, I'm having chest pains yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember you remember that, that shit I remember those commercials oh yeah I'm having chest pain I'm calling paramedics and your family Mr. Miller there's a new one that's out that's not like a medical one but it's like some sharper image heating like massage pad thing and they like you're watching this commercial it looks normal looks normal then all of a sudden it shows this lady in a bed with just like a regular heating pad and a dude walks in with a fucking like leaf blower. It's like, watch, <laughs> watch as average heating pads just fly off when high winds show up. That sounds more like the plot to a porno <laughs> showing up with his fucking leaf blower in a fucking bedroom. Because the high wind's going to show up in the bedroom. How? Ma'am, I heard you needed some bushes trimmed. <laughs> Hurricane Irma's just around the corner. Look out. Let me just blow this off for some debris clearing. <laughs> Do you need some blowing? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I like—I heard you like to be blown hard. <laughs> <laughs> what are we on six? Yeah, we're on number six. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Let's blow this question on now. <laughs> there we go. Blow it with your ego electric leaf blower. Question six, Jay. Something tells me you will not struggle with this. Name the two original songs that debuted at SM One. Minus Human, No Leaf Clover. Nice work. Dude, that was I, that was a tough one. That was the struggle within. <laughs> Call it Cthulhu. I just wanted all many late fees your parents paid because you still had the SM one DVD in your basement. <laughs> Probably not as bad as the text message bills that they had to pay when when they sent them kidding. a notice? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Back before they had unlimited texts as a possibility. 100, 100 texts a Ooh. month. Good luck. Oh, yeah. What was that, Bill? 
shit. I think my parents like showed me like a three hundred dollar bill one time. Just for texting? For texting. Dude, that's Ouch. like that's like Pizzle's racing rival bill. Well that's, that's up there. So I had like an old L C D screen phone and it had like AOL instant messenger on there. <laughs> and it and it counted instant messages as text messages. Oops. Yep. Did your phone make the lovely dial up noise? <laughs> it's amazing, Jeff, when we started this podcast and launched the trailer. It kicks off with America Online dial-up material, and I think we've talked about AOL damn near every episode. Almost every episode. It's funny how it Unbelievable. It just keeps coming around full circle. Can't get away from it. (laughs) Question 7J. He's not going to struggle with this either. Who originally wrote Die, Die, My Darling? The Misfits, of course. Nice work. Glenn Danzig, Jerry Only. Well, you're wearing the t-shirt that we can see on Squadcast FM, so I didn't think you were going to struggle. I was pausing for dramatic effect there. I like it. (laughs) Uh, Question eight. When Metallica filed lawsuit against Napster, which song of theirs sparked that issue? I disappear. You are correct. Ooh, it looks like him and... uh... Bob might be going head-to-head here. <laughs> what did Bob get? Bob's 10 for 10. He's the only one that's been 10 for 10 out of all of our guests. We've had... Well, Jay missed one. I know, but we've had, I think, one... He's going to be close. One other contestant that uh, had one wrong as well, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, it's going to be close. Matt Angeli from Denver. That's right. Remember the dude that's seen 4,867 sporting events? Yeah. That guy. Uh, Question nine. The last two questions, Jay, are name that lyric. So we'll give you the lyric line and you tell us the song. Okay. Question nine. Name that lyric. All have said their prayers invade their nightmares to see into my eyes. Harvester of Sorrow. Question 10, name that lyric. I rule the midnight air, the destroyer, born. Oh, Jesus, that's a little vague. Um. <laughs> it's vague because when I say these, I say them all fucked up. Yeah. Say that one again. Jeff damn near sings these things. <laughs> okay, question 10. Oh, Exit light. Death. Enter night. <laughs> creeping death, final answer? Well, not for the new lyrics that you just said, but... Well, okay. So, so it was the... Oh, that could have been a trick question there that we... Yeah, that could have been like, a trick question We right could have there. totally done, thrown a... I don't think he would have gotten exit light enter night. No, he that's... struggling that's, there for a minute. That's tough. I don't know that one either. <laughs> You're correct, man. Creeping death. Cool. I rule the midnight air of the destroyer. Born, I shall soon be there. You know, I think I think next week I'm going to do name that lyric, and it's going to say, uh, let's see what the line, uh, and nothing else Here's matters, <laughs> and see if someone can figure out what song that is. I was hoping for all within my hands. 
I was gonna say Saint Anger around my neck, but that might be too tough. You're just jealous. I have a Saint Anger Sun Shield in my just, car now. Oh yeah, I'm flying it. down there just to take that it's medallion. Amazing, noose. dude. What say was again, that? Jay? You gotta say medallion noose. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Everybody thought it was. Uh, well, what did everybody think it was? I never thought it was that. I never read the lyrics. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I think it was around my noose. Is oh all yeah, like, because that kind of sounds like that, you know. Yeah, but like saying anger around my noose. Like, uh, what? How's the line go? Uh, medallion noose. I hang myself. Saying anger around my neck. I think is yeah, 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 yeah. Or let down your noose is the other line I thought. So, you know, because he says it really fast, so it doesn't, you know. So I mean, register we- medallion. We could have a trick question where it says "fuck it all" and "fucking no regrets." What song is it from? <laughs> That's from two songs. I'll tell you that right now. I think when he's talking about the medallion, a medallion's like an important piece you get in um, uh, rehab. Right. Yep. Well, you get. So when I heard medallion and you know, excuse me, post alcohol treatment, I'm guessing that's what that was about. Yeah. So in, in AA, you get coins. So. Yeah, because I so I was in the program from 08 to like well, I quit like I was sober for almost 10 years. Oh, well, good for you, man. So was it a coin, Jay, or was, was it a medallion? Yeah, well, no, you get a coin. So you get like, okay. when I hit my two year mark, I got a coin or my year mark. I got a coin and then I stopped going after that. And then I relapsed in 2017. And uh, I quit back on April 1st in 2018. So, yeah, it's, it's not like, you know, when I so heard. So would the, would the coins be uh, an annual thing? I remember my uncle got one way back in 91, and they called it a medallion back in those days. So you would get, if I remember right, there were some of them like at the beginning of the meetings after they like talk about notes or whatever, they would, you know, ask for donations from, you know, people who would come to help keep the meetings going. And then they would mm-hmm. ask, all right, who's celebrating one week? Who's celebrating one month? And I think, oh, you okay. got, I think you'd get a coin if you got one month. But, like, each coin is different because it actually had a symbol for, like, each time period. It's because it'd be like, all right, who's got two months? Who's got three months or whatever? Sure. And, and then I think, like my one year was actually like my fourth meeting. Like, cause I wasn't going consistently because it was weird. I didn't go to treatment or anything like that. I just quit on my own. It was just like, I woke up one morning and just needed to stop. But like mm-hmm. the problem was, was like I was 20 at the time. And so like you would go into these meetings and like a bunch of old people would look at you like, you don't fucking know shit, you know, mm-hmm. like try to kind of treat you really shitty. And so, like, I finally, you just sounded like an over the road trucker there. That was good, dude. It'd be most of them would be over the road truckers, you know. And get out of my diesel stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably get off my yard kind of mentality, you know. <laughs> so, so when you went to treatment, did the therapist never, or facilitator? Okay. No, so I would, but, but you went to some meetings. I went to meetings because my buddy went to treatment, and I would I tagged along like after I got clean and when you were at those meetings, did the 
facilitator wear a Bill Cosby sweater? Or was there a sign on the wall that said zone it? No. No. <laughs> no fill tolls. No fill. No, no, no fill towels, you know. And uh, I had to say it, man. <laughs> it was really weird. Like the meetings with the older people were kind of just like grumpy bikers and truckers and shit like that. And then, like, I started going to, like, a young person's meeting, but you can never, ever have, like, a sponsor from one of those meetings because it was a revolving door because you'd see, like, kids going in and out and coming back. Sure. I remember I had a lot of friends that were in it throughout, like, high school and the end of high school. And, yeah, just like you said, I mean, it was either one day you were there and then the next day you were, you know, you're back out again. And I think a lot of it has to do with that age, you know. You know, you're confused. You're that young. And it's like part of you is thinking to yourself, do I have a problem or am I just being a young adult? You know, and it's I feel like a lot of the people that, you know, that I hate or hung around with at the time that were doing that. It, that was the thing that they were struggling with the most. You know what I mean? Is yeah, they couldn't. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was going to say they just they couldn't wrap their heads around the idea of living their life without thinking that there was something wrong with them instead of, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, maybe there was, maybe there wasn't, you know, it's, it's, but at that age, I feel like it, it's like you said, you can't have a sponsor or someone that's that age because they, that's where you need someone who has, you know, the years of experience going to it. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, the guy that's saying you don't fucking know shit. Well, I mean, yeah, you're an asshole, but you know, those, it's yeah. almost like those are the types of people that you want as your sponsor because they have all those years of, you know, being shit on and shitting on everyone else. <laughs> well, like when I relapsed, it was because I was like, I kind of thought to myself, like, maybe I don't have a problem. Maybe I just, I can control everything now. I'm a fucking big boy. I'm an adult. You know, I can, mm-hmm. I can handle this. I can, I don't have, I, I'm not going to let it control me kind of thing. Yeah. And then like, a year late like less than a year later actually like it just ate at me way more and and then i realized like you know it's yeah this is actually a problem and so you know when the whole james thing happened with him going back to rehab or whatever mm-hmm. i mean yeah it shocked like it shocked me but like like everybody else did or like it impacted me because of the, there's like a little bit of a personal connection there but at the same t- token it's like it was probably going to happen because of the fact that they say that the average addict relapses two or three times in their road to recovery. Right. Yeah. They say that relapse is part of your recovery. It is. And so, I mean, I think they're, I mean, he probably just got really worn out and because Mm -hmm. they, they toured super heavy on that hardwire record you know well yeah and i mean given the the just being around what he's around too it's like you know not that he's necessary it's you know it's not the you know motley crew party from the 80s but you know he's still on the road nonetheless you know touring the world it's you know it's around him nonetheless but then he also got the you know the other thing too is like you know how much of a how much he loves being a dad Mm -hmm. is something he likes to talk about too his kids are getting to the age where they're going to college. You know, if you listen to that episode with Mark Marin, he talks about like, he's already Great got episode. Going to college and he's got, you know, a couple kids going out the door too. Yep. You know, the fact like when 
parents become empty nesters it does fuck with them you know mentally you know it's it scares me every day and my kids are young my youngest is one years old my oldest is nine and honestly it's something that i think about every day i think about one day i'm gonna wake up and my kids are gonna be moving out and i don't know how i'm gonna be able to handle that you know what i mean because that's that's a tough reality to to swallow mine is two years old i mean she's sometimes a monster but uh i love her to death i know i I know that goes my one-year-old is about to turn two in august and you know and then i have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old all girls so they're um, they're just you know at me and my fiance's throat you know 24 7 but i mean i wouldn't have it any other way but yeah it's it's scary to think and so i can you know you saying that about james that's you know that's that's a huge factor. You it's know? an emotional and, uh, effect, you know, that can play a part of like wearing at your psyche, wearing oh, at yeah. like, you know, where do you escape? How do you escape? What can you do to help get you through that? You know, mm-hmm. and well, and the fact that he's an addict, of course, naturally, oh, yeah. the first thing he's going to go to for that escape is, you know, his addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that it's it's good that he that he did what he did and hopefully his relapse, you know, you know, as we were saying, it's, it's a part of the recovery. Hopefully that is, you know, it really, this is the last time, you know, you can never guarantee it, but it's, it's a tough road. Yep. The weird thing about all this COVID stuff is if, if one good thing comes out of it, I think it gave, I'm speaking for someone I don't know. I don't know his family. But it it gave him extra time this entire year to do what he needed to do. It gave him more time with his family. It gave him Mm -hmm. a heck of a lot more time at home compared to where they should have been this year. Oh, absolutely. And I really think 2020 is a recharge your battery year for all four of them. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a silver lining on a gray cloud for sure, because I feel like with all the negative things that have happened in 2020, we need more uplifting things like that like people need to look at it from a different you know standpoint instead of just all this negative shit that's happened you know everyone's talking about you know oh they're recording remotely and they're yeah they might be laying down some ideas here and there and sharing some things you know over squadcast.fm who knows (laughs) exactly i mean but they're not recording an album in four separate locations let's not kid ourselves right i think they're really they probably miss each other they're wanting to jam they're working on some ideas saying well maybe we'll get together in six or eight months and finally see each other in person well here but i really think 2020 is recharge your batteries enjoy your family because when this shit's over with it's time to be it's back at to 200 and ready to go and yep. they're going to be charged up ready to rock oh yeah and hopefully kirk doesn't lose his phone yes <laughs> boy we have talked about a lot gentlemen yes we have Everything from Seattle 89 took us to the Key Arena. We talked about the Sonics, Lamb of God, a little band called Aurora's Eyes, which you can find at auroraseyes.com. Um, not returning your Netflix DVDs, SNM1, Arlington Cemetery, uh, Morris Code, and now Rehab. Yeah. How cool is that for a discussion on and podcast for all? It's been, it's been a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on. 
what it's all about. We derail. We talk about everything Metallica. Talk about everything non-Metallica. Influences, bands, I world events. I think you should like read your hate mail on the beginning <laughs> of the show because that's what I. So when that would be great. A news when section. quarantine first started, um, hate train band, will play in the background. My band did a podcast while we couldn't rehearse. We were all in separate locations and. One mm-hmm. of the things that we did was we would read reviews. So we sent our album off to our distributor and they would send it to a reviewing company. You pay like 20 bucks to have them review it or whatever it is. And they have like 10 to 15 people review it. And we would read all oh, that had to be entertainment. Reviews. And like, you can tell some people were just like, they would write stuff just because they were getting paid like five bucks or whatever, or a dollar to, you know, write whatever they would write. And sure. then we saw some guys that took it way too seriously. And it was, it was hilarious. This is a Nickelback. This sounds like shit. <laughs> Dude, I always call them keyboard warriors. You can read some funny shit from people, you know, oh, talking behind a laptop. I would, I'm not against reading some hate mail though. That would be pretty funny. You guys should do it. I think I think it would you would have a good laugh about it. Jay Middleton just started a new chapter in our lives, Jeff. You know, maybe for season two, whenever we decide to move into that, maybe we'll have a whole new section of intro news, and it can be the hate train mail. It's going to be the hate train uh, sample playing in the background. I, I I can already hear it. I think I'm going to start making it right now as we're recording. There you go. Jay, before we cut you loose, um, hypothetical question. Seattle kind of breaks away from the lower 48th, off into the Pacific Ocean. You're all by yourself with Wilson, the bloody volleyball, from the FedEx plane crash with Tom Hanks, and you are stuck for the rest of your life with five Metallica songs. What are they, my friend? So you got Call of Cthulhu. Oh, you're going through this fast. Orion. Wow, two instrumentals. I can tell you don't like lyrics. (laughs) I don't think it's... I think it's just... Next he's going to say, oh, live to die, suicide redemption. (laughs) Yeah, all those, you know. Um, Probably Outlaw Torn. Wow. Yes, I love it. Keep the Outlaw train rolling. That's been every week, Jay. SM version, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Attaboy. Cthulhu, Orion, Outlaw. This is tough. Let's see here. This is why we do it. Uh, probably Dyer's Eve. Ooh, that's my favorite Kirk Hammett solo. Ooh. And probably Halo. Halo on Fire, really. Nice. Yeah. I think that's probably, that's probably going to be in like a top 20 list one day because honestly it's the only song from either death magnetic or hardwired where solos come to mind you know where i can sing the solo or remember you know the guitar solo it's got a very memorable guitar yeah it's got you like hooks do you like the halo on fire music video I think it's very interesting. It threw me off guard, you know, and like you're watching it and you're thinking at first it's like about like domestic violence. And then you find out it's this badass woman in a fucking fight club, you know, and you might want to rewatch it. So watch the video again 
and when the woman gets thrown back into the circle of the fight, you might recognize someone who throws her or who threw her. Who threw her? Just check it out. Talk about pop a hat. <laughs> also, look, 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 no. look, look, look. This, be- guy, this guy right here raising his hand is the one who threw the chick back into the Shut fight. Shut the fuck up. Look behind the drum kit, too, when Lars yeah, is Look playing. behind the drum kit, and see, you know how Lars does that kind of hole-in-one motion when, when he finishes a song? Are you kidding me? Watch the video a little closer. I, I throw the lady back in, and then right behind his kit, I'm wearing a Four Faces shirt. Well, it's got Four our, Faces Metallica it's, shirt. It's got our faces on it. You'll, uh, Hilarious. You'll recognize the dude. So where where did they film it up in your location or where how'd you hear about it? It was in uh Oakland. Really? Had a little heads up and said, Hey, um, wanna be an extra? Said, I'll be there, dude. Damn. Yeah, lots of fun. Abandoned uh, train station in a really shitty part of Oakland, actually. That's cool. So yeah, so between Shane being in a Metallica music video and also being uh, seen in Through the Never multiple times, I'd say that he is... uh, Where are my royalties? Yeah, I know. They owe you a little bit of money. (laughs) Royalties. You need some of that YouTube money for the fucking music video, at least. Well, I think the last time I looked at Halo on Fire, like 7 million views, I'm... About ready to make a phone call. Right? Can I can I get a quarter of that? Cough up a little bit. You're gonna get like eight bucks. That's fine. As long as it says Metallica LLC. (laughs) Frantic Inc. So you guys have your stuff on Spotify and stuff like that, right? Uh, not as far as what for. No, wait, wait. So tribute bands can't do that, or can? Well, they? I mean, we can, but we you can, but we don't. It's all about the live show. Yeah, we just uh, do live stuff. Yeah, I'd never. Th- I was thinking about that because, like, how artists can if they can even make royal or make money off of streaming from covers or something like that. That's no. Yeah, no. It's we don't we don't do anything. That's what we have other bands for is to do that yeah. stuff if we want. But this band, we keep it strictly to our live show and touring so got it. all about the all about the live experience but dude you're uh seattle floating away top five that's that's pretty strong jay i'm impressed thank you yeah i, I would say that's probably with the exception of outlaw which i want to i want to hear people say that um, it's a trend jeff it is but with the exception of outlaw i'd say this is probably the most diverse list we've had dude you go from cthulhu to halo that about stretches the entire span that's what i like about it well right and the fact that you picked such a new song that you would want to listen to forever i don't i'm pretty sure up until now the newest song that has been picked off of anyone's list was either sane anger not the song but the album spit out the bone oh we did have someone pick spit oh yep that's right that's right yep i forgot about that a lot of songs, man. Sometimes I forget. Haven't had Halo yet, though. It's Definitely have not had Halo or Dyers. It's not because I'm in the video, but that's seriously a top 10 song of mine. <laughs> well, I'm going to go watch the music video now, so. <laughs> you make, look at that dumbass throwing that chick around. He's manhandling her. I need to go tell <laughs> all my keyboard warrior friends in Seattle. I'm offended. He touched her in a ring of fire. I need to go tell all my feminist friends to attack him and cancel <laughs> him cancel his podcast hashtag cancel shane <laughs> cancel shane aka stuttering shane he pushed 
We're going to get t-shirts made that say stuttering Shane on them. <laughs> Hashtag SS Halo on fire kid. Jesus. Jay, it's been fun, man. It's been fun, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank Aurora's you. Eyes at uh, auroraseyes.com. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Bandcamp is auroraseyes.bandcamp.com. Okay. Um, we're all over the Instagram with uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Aurora's Eyes Band. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Jaybird Aurora's Eyes. Uh, Facebook, we're on there. You know, just anywhere you can stream music. Even on YouTube, you can stream it. We don't need any of that stuff. I'm just Googling the guy who refused to return his S&M DVD to Netflix. <laughs> And that picture popped right up his face. <laughs> Jay Middleton, Seattle, Washington. It's been uh, it's been fun, man. We'll we'll see you soon, Jay. Thanks, guys. See you soon. We'll see you, man. Later.
free, free.